To avoid feigning, keep repeating. It's only a podcast. Only a podcast. Only a podcast. Howdy y'all, this is Los Man, and this is another episode of the Midnight Manor Podcast, your place for what's interesting in and out of Texas. As always, I have my podcast partner, Lady Winters. Lady Winters, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing very well. Well, that's great to hear. I know it's uh, been an interesting month, but, you know, we're here to talk about movies that we enjoy, and we're talking about topics related to horror. So we're going to have a fun tonight. We're going to do some uh, look back at our at our youth and things that we used to uh, look forward to when we were kids. I know one of the things I was researching into were old movie theaters and drive-ins. Now, as a kid, your first memories of the movies tell me about your experiences what do you remember most about watching horror movies as a kid well my first experience when i was a kid i can still remember it it wasn't a horror movie it was the first movie that i saw in a theater it was actually et and um, i saw that at the seventh street theater in fort worth but my first horror movie inside of a theater was probably pet cemetery Oh yeah, Pet Cemetery. That was a classic one. I know for myself, uh, growing up, I was I was a kid during the age of drive-in theaters, and one of my best memories was watching Jaws in the drive-in with my parents and my sisters. And I believe that was at a movie theater called the it was called the Mission Drive-in, which is still exists, but it doesn't exist as a conventional drive-in. And I remember as a kid, just you know, you drive in, you basically park, the windows would come down. You know, you had those little metal. Do you remember those little metal um, speakers that you would put on the windows? I and, do. Yes, and and you know they'd play the movie. And I remember as a kid, you'd look over your shoulder and you'd see other movies playing. And you know we we're watching Jaws, and whenever there were scary parts, I'd switch over and see what movie was playing over and think, hey, that would be cool. And I just remember as a kid how awesome that was going to the drive-in with the family. You know, you'd get popcorn, you'd have blankets. Sometimes, you know, you'd, you'd see people drive in, they'd sneak people in, you know, the trunk. I mean, just like you see in the movies. But yeah, those were crazy days because if you wanted to watch a movie as a, as a family or as a group, that's what you did. You went to the drive-in. Yeah, you know, I think the last movie that I saw at a drive-in was probably back in 1999. Um, I saw The Haunting. It was at the Brazos Theater down in Granbury, Texas. So down in Granbury, people, when they're at the drive-in, they go in with like trucks and they bring lawn chairs and you're able to watch the the movie on the screen. And it's a big family ordeal. And, you know, it's lots of fun. Yeah, that was, see, that's the unique thing about drive-ins is you have that ability to just lounge out and just watch on the big screen, which strangely you can do today in, in, a, in a minor way because I know a lot of places have those blow-up screens and sometimes they'll have host parties but back then it was that's what you did if you wanted to watch a movie otherwise you'd go to the cineplex or wherever you went to go watch your movies and you'd watch movies there as for the last movie I remember watching in the drive-in I would probably venture to say it was a slasher movie because I know when I was a kid I would go with my sisters to go watch the weekly slasher movies that would come out and I mean literally every week there was a new slasher movie you know whether it was you had uh, like prom night or you had um, my bloody Valentine or he knows you're alone. So I recall that the last drive-in movie I probably saw was, was that movie because that's about the time when cable TV came about, when VCR started to come out and it just became more practical to watch movies at home. Now, 
when it comes to movie theaters, tell me about your experience and your fondness of movie theaters, the ones that you basically sit down and watch the theater, not not so much the uh, drive-in. Okay, I'll answer that question, but let me backtrack to, for just one second. Sure. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but you know Fort Worth still has a drive-in theater, and it's called the Coyote Drive-In. I've never been. <laughs> Uh, oh, wow. The only re- the only reason why is because you know I grew up in Fort Worth and I'm kind of one of those old Fort Worth not snobs but you know it's still not the city that I grew up in anymore so but I do prefer the drive-ins that are outside the city but to answer your question I love the old-fashioned theaters I spent a lot of time viewing movies at the Seventh Street Theater off of Fort Worth which they tore down by the way it was an old-fashioned theater I mean there's two ways to go in to view the screen and just everything inside was unique and different. Like my sister, my older sister, she used to work at the concession stand. A large uh, bucket of popcorn was $1.75. Drinks wow. were like 50 cents. Candy was 25 cents. So I spent, a lot of, I spent a lot of time in the theater because my mom would drop me off. My sister was working and I would just watch these movies while my sister would work. So I think these old fashioned theaters really hold a special place in my heart because of that. Yeah, I remember my most vivid and strongest memory of watching a movie theater in a theater was when I went to see Star Wars in 1977. I was five years old. I went with my cousin and the movie theater I still remember was called the Wonderland. It was a a three screen theater. And I mean, watching Star Wars was like a religious experience for me as a five year old, which to this day, it's one of my all time favorite movies. Now, watching other movies growing up, I remember my mom would take us to the movies. My dad would take us to the movies, but my dad would take us to go see like James Bond movies. We would go see scary movies because he kind of liked scary movies too. I remember watching Saturn 3 with my dad and watching uh, Dracula with him. And my mom, on the other hand, would take us to go see like the more family movies, you know, because, you know, she didn't like those scary movies. But I remember as a kid, we had this local theater near our house called the Westwood Twin. And it was funny because I remember it was like a no big theater. You know, you went in there, it was cheap. Like like the one you described, you know, you basically, popcorn was cheap, drinks were cheap. They had, they didn't have the first run movies, but they had the dollar, $2 movies that would come out. And it was fun because you'd always go there. You'd see your friends from school. You'd watch whatever was out. Uh, that place closed down, obviously, in the late 80s. And it's now a, uh, a pawn shop right now. So that's kind of strange to think about that. The... Movie theater, though, that I used to go to a lot with my brother was uh, called the Westlake's Movie Theater. They opened it up in 83 or 84, and I remember we went to go see, like, Top Gun. We went to go see Aliens there and all sorts of great action movies, and it was a great little theater. They then closed it for a period of time until about 2004, 2005, when it opened up as a new movie theater called the Alamo Draft House. And that, since then, has been one of my main go-to movie theaters you know if if for those of you who are listening to this podcast who are not familiar with the alamo draft house it's an experience you watch the movies they serve beer they have good food but the whole point is to make the movie an experience Uh, have you ever been to a alamo draft house lady winters no i can't say that i have it's not because you know I'm, i'm not in touch with the times it's just i'm set in my ways um you know you have to know that like the theaters that i grew up going to were built in the 1950s so i'm kind of set in my ways no it's understandable i remember last year i went to the original texas theater to watch uh, sleepaway camp and i met felissa rose who's obviously one of my favorites but it was funny because when you sit in the texas theater you get that feel of what old movie theaters were like and that's where i felt like this is where the the alamo draft house got its inspiration you know this a theater like this 
Have you have you ever been to the Texas Theater? No. That's a really good place to check out. I mean, they it still operates. It's uh, every week or every few days they show classic movies. Like they do theme movies. Like like they'll do a Halloween movie on in, around Halloween. They'll do a screening of a horror movie. Like Valentine's Day, they did My Bloody Valentine. I know. Uh, I think Joe Bob Briggs was there recently. But it's a really great theater to check out. Uh, it's in kind of a sketchy part of Dallas. But I really enjoyed going there the one time I went. And it's definitely one of those classic theaters. So for our listeners out there, if you have those old theaters in your community, go check them out. You know, keep them active because that's what the movie watching experience was about. These, you know, small little theaters, you know, they don't have the the fancy seats or the fancy sound, but they just gave you an experience. And that's something that I think we're missing these days. So, you know, the next time that you're up in the DFW area, you're going to have to go with me to the Richley Theater. I think that you would really like it. And it's, you know, the theaters that I went to had balconies. So um, the Ridgely Theater now, they have concerts. You know, like I told you, I was trying to get um, Joe Bob Briggs out there to do a show because I was curious to see, you know, the horror community in Fort Worth, who all would turn out and was his following bigger in Dallas and why hasn't he done a show in Cowtown? Exactly. That sounds like a great place. And that reminds me of a local theater called the Aztec, which uh, I went to go see army of darkness uh we had um what's his name uh, bruce campbell came and he hosted a screening and that sounds exactly like that theater that you were describing you called it the ridgely you said the, the ridgely theater and actually you know before it became a concert hall basically like um it, they were still running movies when i was in high school which was in the mid 90s my brother worked at that theater so i've always had a family member who was in the theater working and so it was one of the first um theaters that i could remember that start serving food to people and alcohol Wow. I remember when I was a teenager, if you wanted alcohol in a theater, you snuck it in. I still remember. (laughs) I still remember sneaking a beer into, uh, what was it? The Phantom Menace. And I'll tell you what, I don't really care for the Phantom Menace, but enjoying a beer with it made it a much better experience. Oh, but I, you know, I I don't know if I told you, but um, the last time I was at the Ridgely Theater, I did see Ministry play there. Oh, wow. That's pretty awesome. I know you're a huge fan of music, and that's definitely an experience, especially if it's a place that you have a fondness for, to be able to see a popular band or a favorite band and and be able to have that experience. That's pretty awesome. Now, growing up, when you were a teenager and you had the opportunity, like you said, your mom would take you to the movie theater. What one movie stood out to you the most? I know you you grew up in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. What movie stood out to you the most that you can talk about or that you'd like to discuss? Like in a theater? Yes. Or just in general? In general, whichever, you know. Oh, that's a hard one. That really is a hard one. I would have to say probably Spookies. Yes. I. You know what was funny? You keep, you, you, you tend to talk about Spookies. Tell me about Spookies because I myself, well, I will admit I have never watched Spookies. Tell me about it. Spookies, Popcorn. I mean, the list could go on. Um, the Hearse. Just so many movies like Warlock, House of Wax, but with Spookies, I first saw that at home. It was brought in from the movie rental place that we discussed in the past. And it was this mansion where this like sorcerer lived inside this house. And these people, they're just visiting. At first, you don't know if is it a mansion or is it a place where, you know, they, they, they hold funerals, but the, a cemetery is on the outside of it, of course. But all this supernatural things start happening and people start dying off, but it's this man who's like a, like a male witch, like a warlock of some sort, who's trying yeah, to bring yeah. back someone he loves from the dead. 
It's it's just a very weird, funny movie, but it was lots of fun. And I don't know, I can't exactly tell you why I love this movie. Like I, I really can't tell you why I love popcorn so much. Well, there's always those guilty pleasure favorites growing up. And I know popcorn is definitely one of my favorites. When I met Jill Schloellen last year, I mentioned how it was such a great movie to, for me because you got to see her as a star and she enjoyed it. She also filled in some funny tidbits. Like, for example, the movie was actually filmed in Jamaica. Wow. So, so there's a lot of reggae music in the background. And it's one of those movies where I, I believe she said when she arrived, she wasn't the first choice for the movie. They wanted to get a different actress. But she canceled and they cast her because I was like, well, she's been in some scary movies. And Jill Shalowellen is such a great, beautiful young actress. Uh, she was also in The Stepfather. She was in DC Cab. She was in, you know, a whole, oh, she was in Cutting Class, strangely enough. When I, yes, when I told her. The Phantom of the Opera. Yes, The Phantom of the Opera, exactly. When I told her that, uh, I, I, I apologize for having not watched Cutting Class. She actually grabbed my hand and says, thank you. Because she absolutely did not like that movie, I guess. And what was funny is, I I also mentioned to her how, it's funny how she's one of the few final girls who never died in a movie. And that's the case. She was in at least five or six scary movies, and she always survived. Wouldn't you kind of agree that she kind of was a scream queen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? Love she her. Was more Love her. Oh, yes. She was wonderful. And when I met her, she was so delightful. She's obviously not a working actress anymore. She's more of a mother and, you know, basically a she has a different life. But being able to do these events, she really enjoyed it. She loved, you know, signing items. You know, people would bring VHS copies of popcorn or they would bring DVDs. And, and she loved seeing them. Like, wow, she says, I haven't seen this in a while. Or she would talk about when someone first showed it to her. And see, that's what I love about the fan experience when you meet someone like her, you know, that that just that intimacy, which we discussed the last time when we were at the Cult Classic Convention. And she was a truly delightful lady. I think oh, I know why we love popcorn so much. Explain it's to me. based in a movie theater. It is, yes. Yes, and it's sort of a movie within a movie, like, uh, like the movie Matinee. I, I'm sure you're familiar with Matinee? Yes, with, but uh, like with popcorn, you know, remember, buy a bag, go home in a box. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I that movie, if you haven't seen Popcorn, and I'm talking to the audience in general, watch it. It's an amazing movie. It's an excellent throwback to movies of the 1950s, along with movies from the 70s. It has that classic feel of uh, old school movie theaters with the, uh, you know, with the crazy uh, gadgets and attractions. But it's also a slasher movie. And it's a pretty unique slasher movie. It's got a great story. A great cast, you know, besides Jill Shlowellen, you have some, you know, pretty good cast of characters out there. And I remember watching it thinking, wow, this is an interesting movie. I like it. And it's definitely one I'm going to have to look for on Blu-ray because it's, hey, it belongs in my collection. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's also a favorite movie of mine there, uh, Lady Winters. All right. So in the past week or two, there has been a, a great movie that was released by Lee Wanell, who also directed upgrade and that movie is the invisible man now the invisible man is a classic horror movie it has the same title as the old universal movie from the 1930s but it's a completely different story and the movie made over 100 million so it's becoming a big sensation film so i know neither one of us have watched this film but looking at the previews tell me what you think about this movie lady winters okay from the previews this is my opinion it almost kind of reminds me of that Julia Roberts movie. What was it? Um, where she's sleeping trying to escape that sleeping with the enemy. And then it makes yeah. me, and then it 
brings the vibe of Gone Girl. So it's almost going to be like this psychological thriller of, is this really happening? Is this woman really crazy? What is going on? And I'm so excited and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I think it also has some vibes of uh, The Hollow Man with uh, Kevin Bacon. Yes. Absolutely. Now, I know this movie has done is doing quite well. It has Elizabeth Moss in it, who uh, most people remember from Mad Men. And all I know is I even reached out to Lee Wanell and mentioned how I'm looking forward to this. And he said, hey, go watch the movie. When I also recommended people check out the movie Upgrade, he, he, he friended me and basically, hey, that's pretty awesome. You know, when you can have someone like that basically reach out to you. And that's one of the reasons why I love, you know, this this horror community. Now, you saw you, you told me about a preview for a Fangoria movie called Porno. Tell me about this preview because I watched it and it looked crazy. Tell me what you thought about it. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a horror comedy. And once again, it's going to take place in a theater. So, you know, I love that, especially in an old theater. Absolutely. You know what? I think these movies that we're talking about all have the common theme of involving movie theaters and older style movie theaters. And porno definitely looks like it's going to be such a fun movie. And I know when I watched the preview, I thought, holy crap, this is exactly the kind of movie I love to watch. And I know you told me how much you enjoy this. So we're definitely going to talk about porno when we do watch it, because that's going to make for a great segment. It's almost like a flare of weird science, because there's going to be this sexy demon chick who's going to appear and all hell's going to break loose. Oh, yeah. Kind of like Angela in Night of the Demons. That's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Now, I also noticed they uh, put out a preview for A Quiet Place 2. Are you familiar or have you seen the preview for A Quiet Place 2? Yes. That looks interesting. Now, I have heard that they're going to postpone the release again because of, um, you know, what's going on out there. But hopefully we'll get to see it soon. And I know it's the first movie was one of my favorite movies of of two years ago. And I know seeing Cillian Murray in in there is going to be pretty cool. So I'm pretty excited for this movie. I'm also excited to see the movie, the hunt. And I know we talked about this before that you've got these movies that kind of draw a little controversy, but the beauty of it is let the fans watch the movie and they will determine whether this should be a movie that, you know, is talked about. You know, I'm big on do not censor art. And so, you know, when they decided not to release it, I respect why. And I, you know, I don't want to really go into detail. You know, it's more of a political thing. And right. I don't no, politics here, you know, because I can get pretty fired up about they should never, never censor art, put it out there. Art should never be regulated, you know, with this situation because some um, people in the politics world decided you know you know you had a mass shooting and it kind of seemed like this is not the right time to release a movie like that which is understandable but at the same time yeah you know maybe wait a few months you know put it off and that's what happened the movie was supposed to be released in september of 2019 but they decided to postpone it and it's going to come out in the next couple of weeks which is pretty exciting because hey you know what it still looks like an interesting movie and whatever your politics may be you know go watch the movie you know determine for yourself Now, we're going to go ahead and uh, close this off with a a final segment. Lady Winters is going to talk about a local legend in Fort Worth. So I'm going to send this over to Lady Winters. And you tell me about this story that you enjoyed growing up with. Okay, so when I was growing up, this is more of like a Texas folklore. When I was growing up, there's this place called Lake Worth. And in the 1960s, I think it, it was like 1969, there were these rumors going around the community that there was this this creature that was spotted around what was called is called Lake Worth. And they called him the goat man. 
There are sightings all across the lake and this place called Greer Island. It got people so shooken up that mobs were going to start forming to go out to this area to go find this creature. And the local law enforcement, you know, they were really worried that the situation was going to get out of control and they wouldn't be able to get a a hand on it. So then they started saying that they believed that the pranks were coming from the high school kids. So there were people that were interviewed, people that witnessed this creature. It was, they said that he had fur. He he looked like he was half goat, half human. He had scales. He was over seven, you know, feet tall. And one, one incident, someone said that this goat man jumped on his car and then took off in the, in the woods. And another witness said that they saw him jump from the trees. So it's just a really fun story. And like I said, it's a Texas folklore. Have they ever really found the goat man? No, but yes, there are pictures floating around. So basically every 10 years, the Fort Worth Nature Center will hold a bash in celebration of the goat man. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's pretty cool, you know, especially when you have a little le- little local legend generates kind of a fan base. That's pretty neat. I mean, but growing up, it was always the goat man's coming to get you. He's, he lives off uh, Greer Island. Oh, the goat man has this church and there would be like a building that was, you know, broken down. Oh, that's where the goat man's church is. It, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, we used to have legends like that here. We had something called the Midget Mansion, which was basically a home owned by, I believe it was a former carnival performer. And it was an abandoned mansion that was made for a, a little person. So people would go out to it. They'd have beer parties there because it was abandoned at the time. And then we also had the ghost tracks, which were pretty popular in San Antonio and a few other stories, which we'll, you know, we'll talk about that more on other broadcasts. But yeah, that Lake Worth Monster sounds pretty cool. It kind of reminds me of the, like the, the, the legend of Boggy Creek. Are you, are you familiar with that one? Lady, I'm not. Lady Winters? Yeah. It's, it was, it's a movie that they showed on Joe Bob Briggs and it has a, a lot of similarity with, with, with the Lake Worth monster, you know, that you know, people reported seeing something mysterious and, you know, there's tales about it, but that's, what's neat about this sort of thing is you, you have these cryptids is what they call them that people discuss and they they, they talk about them and they have their own mythology or lore. And like you said, they, they have a celebration about it that people embrace it. They're like, Hey, let's protect the Lake Worth monster. You know, instead of being scared of it, let's embrace it. Let's give him his space because you know what? He just wants to, you know, he wants, wants to go about his business. And with that, we'll be closing this podcast. You can reach out to The Lost Man and Lady Winters on Instagram and Twitter. We have a brand new Instagram page that I just created so we can go ahead and put messages out there about future topics and other to- other items related to horror. And remember, when you hear that howl the night, it may be coming from the Midnight Manor. Y'all stay spooky.